I had been waiting for so long for this match and it did not disappoint. And also, my friends, I'm pretty glad it's over because my heart can take it. Let's talk about the Netherlands. Let's talk about the USA. Let's talk about swimming caps. You wanted an Arsenal Women podcast. Well, you got an Arsenal Women podcast. Let's go. Welcome, 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 my friends, to, even though I didn't say it in the intro, a Dutch national team, Oranje, podcast today. It's a very special episode. You had heard, some of you had heard my preview and sort of my post-match analysis of the Portugal match, and then I did a little preview of the USA match, and I'm going to be talking a lot about it today. But before I start, as always, not only thank you for tuning in, I would like to remind you that I have a blog called thatarsenalwomenblog.com in which I write every single day. Sometimes it's a long post, sometimes it's a short post, sometimes I don't have a lot of time and I share a video, whatever it is. But I go there every single day for you, for me, for Arsenal women, and I try to, as much as possible, be consistent and be, uh, you know, a source of distraction for a lot of you that might have a lot of stuff going on in their lives and in your lives. So I just try to offer something different. And in case you haven't heard any of this before, I want you to know that this is very much a subjective, feelings-based podcast, same as the blog. And it's done for uh, by me, a professional musician here in L.A., so a lot of what you see and read and hear is going to be through the prism of me, a musician, somebody that is an artist, somebody that is very emotional, somebody that is very passionate. And, you know, I understand that my opinions from a tactical level or from a, you know, uh, strategic dimension are not necessarily shared by everybody because I would be the first one to admit that I, a lot of the times I have no idea what I'm talking about and I'm just very subjective and very feelings-based. But there are things that are definitely worth talking about that I think I can speak with property and I can I stand behind a lot of the things that I say, uh, obviously. And today's pod is going to be a lot or it's going to feature... A lot of both, I think. I think a lot of the, a lot of my opinions are going to be shared by a lot of people, and some are not. And you know, if you're expecting an Arsenal podcast today, is not really going to be that. Even though I always touch on Arsenal here and there, especially during this World Cup, I always try to make it something related to that. But the way that I can start off. <laughs> by relating it to Arsenal as a club, is that the Arsenal men were playing against Barcelona here in L.A. at the SoFi Stadium. And once I knew that the Dutch women were playing the USA, I had set it on my calendar, and that was unmovable. So there was no way that I would miss that match. And uh, I don't regret it. And I can tell you right now that I wouldn't have traded going to the match and watch the men play. In LA, when I have zero intention of doing that, not now, not ever, but I certainly don't want to miss a Netherlands versus USA match in the biggest stage of all, even if it's on TV and not in person. So I want to make very, very clear that that is where my allegiances lie and that is where my heart was at. Before the match, like I had said in the previous pod, 
the narrative here in, in America and on TV and every outlet that I read and saw was basically the U.S. is the greatest team that has ever existed now, four years ago, 10 years from now, every single day. And it was very annoying. And mind you, this is coming from me and I'm a half American. I'm Venezuelan, half half Venezuelan, half American. And I, I was just so peeved by it. There, everybody was just sort of like, not only were they, I felt overconfident about the U.S., but I also thought that they were very dismissive about the Dutch. And even people that I spoke to, not only analysts, but people like friends of mine and people like that, they were just so confident. And to me, it's like, have you never seen Jill Roard play? Have you ever not seen Dominique Janssen play or Sharida Spitza or, or obviously Daniela van de Donk? Like, what? How are you so confident? What are you talking about? Like, why can't you say, you know what? It's going to be an evenly matched, you know, affair or something like that. Nope. It was from what I saw and read, it was very much a USA are favorite. There's no way we'll beat the Dutch. And then the Twitter sphere, of course, people talking about, you know, and rightfully so, amazing players, Rotman, uh, Sophia Smith, how they were going to annihilate uh, the Dutch. And to their defense, to the people that said that, to their defense, I also thought that the wing play was going to be where the game was won or, lo or lost for the, the, the Dutch or won for the U.S., right? I... Well, so let me focus on, on, on the positives at first, right? So what I sort of wanted to wanted to happen was for the U.S. to be shocked or for the Dutch to shock the world, basically, to play the quote-unquote greatest team and the, the you know reigning champions, to play them off the pitch. And I think they, they were successful uh, at that in the first half. I thought Dom and Van der Graag, while she was on the pitch, were superb. I love seeing Jill all over, and obviously Sherida was very helpful. Shaki was all over the place, but of course, I cannot not talk about Daniela van der Donk, my favorite player on planet Earth. And this is exactly why I'm obsessed with this player and why I think she is the greatest player I have personally ever seen. I love her brains. I love her wit. I love her dynamism. I love her fierceness. I think she is just such a badass and she is fearless. She goes in for every tackle. It doesn't matter who it is. And we'll talk about that later. And I just thought she was all over the pitch. Her ball control was excellent. Her vision was outstanding. The 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 one two passes the pressing was great. I thought uh, Katya had a, a decent first half pressing up top with with Lika. Um, I still feel that we are long a long way from the clinical finishing and the the breakthrough in the final third that we really need. So I really haven't seen anything that makes me believe that yeah we can actually win the World Cup playing you know with flair. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there at the moment. So as far as, and I'll continue this in a second. But as far as like the sort of not so positives, there were there were obviously things that that stood out in the first half uh, for me. Um, I don't think that the 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 forward line of of with Lika and whether it's 
Katia or if it's uh, Lineth, I don't think they're strong enough to get us over a Spain or Sweden or a lot of these other nations. I don't think I might be selling them too short, but I haven't seen anything where I'm like, oh, my God, we are going to still fear in the defenders. I haven't seen that. So that is a, a point of, of worry. I am still not in the Bruchs slash Pelova train. Not at all, my friends. I am not impressed. I mean, Esme is, to me, b way better than, than Pelova. So to a degree, I don't want to lump them together. But I mean, as a whole, the, the wingbacks as a whole. I don't think they were good enough. Um, and I've seen so many times on Twitter that video of Pelova, you know, doing this turn. And I mean, not to be a total douchebag, but one turn against like a 19-year-old forward that doesn't really defend isn't playing well. It's just one highlight. And I wish people would also put up the tons of passes that uh, she missed or the rush decisions or the I, I was yelling man on at the TV like every single time she had the ball. So, no, I'm sorry. And I know she plays for Arsenal. I, I'm i not a fan of, of her display. I do love her enthusiasm. I do love her her never say die attitude. And uh, she showed it in the matches she, pl she played for Arsenal the, uh, at the end of the season. And sort of that attitude to a degree has been carried over. But I think that Kristin Kasparai is a much better option. And I think that Meryl Vandonga is a way better option than Esme Brucht. But that is why I hit drums for a living and I don't coach the Dutch national side. But overall, the first half, when it ended, I was confident and what I sort of wanted and desired was accomplished, which was, I thought, to play comprehensively the U.S. out of the pitch. And that's what I thought. And out of all the cliches in football, my friends, if there's one that applies to this damn match is the good old tale of two halves. I mean, that was crazy how the first half I felt so damn confident in the second half. Once I saw uh, Steph van der Graag come out, I was like, okay, the next 45 minutes are going to be brutal. And, you know, I I try to always be Mr. Optimistic and positive, and I try to do that, and I, I try to do that as much as possible, especially with Arsenal. Uh, but since this, this is not Arsenal, it doesn't <laughs> directly relate to the brand of that Arsenal Women podcast and that ArsenalWomenBlog.com. I have to say that, let me phrase it this way. If Dom Janssen is a 10 and Van der Graag is an 8, let's just say, bringing any other player, like Anouk Nouwen, for example, I think she's at a 4 or a 3. So the gap is so wide that I wish we could have brought in a 6 or a 7 I'm talking about quality from 1 to 10, you know. Um, and she has played for, I don't know if she's played for Milan right now. She's played for Chelsea. And I, when I've seen her play for Chelsea, I don't think I've, I don't think I saw her at all this season. But in the past, I've seen her put in solid displays. I just don't know if 
the you the 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 Dutch national team is is either too much pressure or something like that. But she she looks very very nervous. But I also feel and know that I there there are players on the pitch, and I know this for a fact that I, there have been players on the pitch that looked incredibly confident, and they were not confident. So I I'm not trying to diss uh you know um Nowen. I'm not trying to diss Pelova. I'm not trying to diss Brooke. I just feel personally that there are better options on the bench than them. So I'm really concerned about the next match. And, uh, well, I want to say next match, the, the next round. Next match should be pretty straightforward. We should be able to uh, beat uh, Vietnam. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the idea for me personally of having two players that I don't particularly uh, rate super highly. And I'm not saying that they're not good. I just don't jive. I don't vibe with them. Um, was too much for my heart to take. Like I, I just couldn't, I, I wasn't confident at all. And I was like, oh my God, I'm glad that Wuben Moy is not a Dutch national because if they all three of them were be on the pitch, I would be having a freaking aneurysm. So I... Um, It ended up being a thing where I'm glad the match was over. In uh, the 1-1, I felt it was a, a, a good result. I, Speaking about the U.S. for a second, to me, and, and this is the, the stuff that fascinates me about, you know, coaching and our opinion, you know, from our living room or for the bedroom or whatever. So clearly... When I mention Pelova or Nowen or Esme Brooks, for example, I, Demian, I am clearly wrong. I am incorrect, right? There are people that know way more about, about the sport that are in positions of power to make decisions like Yonkers, and he stars them, right? Or two of them, whatever. So he definitely knows way more than I do. I also feel confident in my decision or my opinion that, hey, I think they would be a better, uh, there would be better players. And the same goes for the U.S. national team. Like, for me, like, how the hell do you not play Rose Lavelle the entire match? Like, she is so good. And when she's on the pitch, to me, it feels like Julie Ertz plays better. It feels like I mean, it just feels like everybody was like, okay, we have, you know, Lindsay Horan definitely played better the second half. Like, um, I, I, it just boggles my mind. And I know there's a lot of stuff on Twitter going on about, you know, criticism uh, towards the coach. And I would guess like, yeah, rightfully so, because it's pretty gnarly to me that you have this player on the bench and you don't play them. It's like when Montemuro had... DVD and he wouldn't play her like what are you doing this makes no sense and I'm sure there's some you know fitness issues and, and and stuff like that but you know it's just wild and now as far as the whole DVD Lindsay Horan scrap push pull swimming cap scenario I spoke about or I, I wrote about that on my blog And uh, you can check it out. I, 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 um, I wrote about it a couple of days ago, how it would be for me so crazy. Like when, when I saw Steph Catley and, and, and 
Katie McCabe played against each other. That was just nuts. Or like if I would have seen like Katie or Caitlin and Katie going for a tackle, like how do you forget that she's like a friend of yours and your teammates or whatever? Like it's it's just so nuts to me that frame of mind. And I get the competition and blah 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 blah. But like it just it didn't make sense. I and mean, it's still pretty pretty wild to me, uh, to be completely honest. And I, I you know I try to be empathetic and and try to put myself in this sort of like you know elite sporting person mentality but the reality is like there's just no way for me to understand it uh, the competition in having to put personal relationships on hold that just that is just absolute madness to me but anyway as far as predictions you know i had told a friend uh, a couple of weeks ago that i didn't see portugal Sorry, that I didn't see the U.S. getting out of the group, right? I wanted to make this super bold prediction. And I don't know what is going to happen, honestly. Like, I I would like to think, obviously, not only from a biased standpoint, but objectively speaking as well, I would like to think that the U.S. Sorry, that first of all, the Dutch are going to win and they're going to beat uh, Vietnam, so that would put them at seven points, right? Hopefully, the the result implies a ton of goals, and that would put us in first place, right? That is the best-case scenario. Winning, you know, let's just say 5-0, 4-0, or something along those lines, which, by the way, I don't know necessarily that is a given or that it will happen, especially without a forward line that I feel should be led by Jill Roard on that particular day. But anyway, I if if the, the USA and Portugal tie, uh, that would put the U.S. in second place. However, if Portugal win and we win as well, Portugal qualifies. And... I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the shocks of the tournament only because Portugal just came out of this win and it could be a a, a historic thing and it could be, you know, a confidence boosting thing. Like, again, I don't think that it's going to happen actually, but I wouldn't be surprised. So it's kind of like the worst prediction ever where I'm not like taking a side. But, you know, if I had to bet, my guess is that the, the Netherlands win 4 nothing, and that the USA win 3-1 and they end up qualifying for next uh, for the, the next round. So, again, I hope you're all enjoying the World Cup. Some tasty matches coming up. But, as always, please check out that ArsenalWomenBlog.com and if you have any suggested topics, let me know. This will be a very much uh, World Cup-oriented podcast for the next few weeks. And then it'll be back to only Arsenal winning, my friends. Thank you so, 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 so much. And we'll speak again real soon.